Hey gang, Tom Mullen here. Do you have a child who spends more time than you'd like in front of screens consuming low quality content? Well, you can turn that screen time into something fun and worthwhile. I'm talking about mini coders, an educational game-based platform including companion apps made for kids with video tutorials, virtual assistant, and games where kids learn coding skills while they play in the Roblox metaverse, all under the safety and guidance of a virtual assistant and in-game tutors. MiniCoders is perfect for homeschooled, unschooled, or traditionally schooled children alike and helps them build 21st century skills and have a ball doing so. Right now, you can try out MiniCoders with no obligation by registering for a free trial at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash MiniCoders. That's M-I-N-I-C-O-D-E-R-S. Again, just visit TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash MiniCoders and start your free trial today. Every revolution starts in the minds of the people. Arm yourself for the war of ideas. Take back your life. Take back your liberty. Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, episode 85. Boy, we're getting up there close to 100. If you've got ideas about what you'd like me to do on the 100th episode, taking into consideration my modest talents, then please do leave a comment or shoot me an email if you're on my email list. Incidentally, if you're not on my email list, then you need to get on it. You can do so by going to my website, TomMullenTalksFreedom.com. Or if you haven't picked yourself up a free copy of my ebook, It's the Fed Stupid, then you want to go to ItsTheFedStupid.com and you can download a free copy of my ebook and get on my newsletter. But today I wanted to talk about something that I'm not sure that I've ever actually written an article about. I know I've discussed it online, maybe on social media, uh, and maybe in some interviews, but uh, that is, when does the government grow the least? Now, I'm talking about the federal government here specifically, and when I say grow the least, I'm talking in terms of spending. That's a good objective way to know how quote unquote big the government is. Now, sometimes it passes new legislation or acquires more powers that don't necessarily grow its spending as much, but I think spending is a good way to kind of measure how much uh, the government is growing and certainly how much capital it's taking away from productive use in society. So I thought I'd go over just a little bit of historical spending number based on who happened to be in office at the time. And I think you'll find some of these rather surprising. And I'm talking really about the presidents and congresses that have been elected in my lifetime. I was born during the Lyndon Johnson administration, and I'm going to put him together with JFK and call that one presidential administration for eight years. We'll start there. And I think what you have to look at, too, is not the gross numbers, because, of course, with inflation, those change over time. But I want to look at the percentage that each 
presidential administration increased federal spending. So we'll set a few ground rules. First of all, we'll say that for a president, his first inaugural year is the spending that we're going to count as that president's spending. So in other words, when President Biden was elected, we're going to count 2021 as his first year. Now, the caveat to this is that the fiscal year actually runs from October 1st till September 30th every year. So 2021, the fiscal year spending would have started in October of 2020. But we're going to count that as Biden spending, just like we'll count 2017 as Trump spending, even though that fiscal year started in October of uh, 2016 when Obama was still in office. So you have that caveat every administration that their first year, there is some spending that occurred under the previous president. But it kind of comes out in the wash when you think that, well, they get a break then at the end of their presidency. So let's look at a few numbers. We'll start with JFK and Lyndon B. Johnson. And remember that this is the Vietnam War and the spending on guns and butter that is generally cited as the reason for all the inflation that had to underwrite it and the subsequent rising prices of the 1970s. So I'm going to look at 1960. This is the last year of the Eisenhower administration when federal spending was $92 billion. Can you believe that? Less than $100 billion. And the Eisenhower administration increased spending by about 36%, or an average of $3 billion a year. So we're dealing with very small numbers back then. And then its last year, it spent $92 billion. So how much does spending go up over the JFK and Johnson years? It goes up $85 billion or 93%. So it almost doubles. And that's a rate of $10 billion per year. So by the time 1968 rolls around, the last year of the LBJ administration, the government is spending $178 billion. But then Richard Nixon gets elected, the Republican, small government. So we're going to get probably a decrease in spending, right? Wrong. The Nixon-Ford eight-year administration saw spending go up $193 billion or 108%. So they more than doubled spending over <laughs> what it had been at the end of the Johnson administration, the, the height of so-called guns and butter. Now, of course, we do have some price inflation in there, so you've always got to figure that into the mix. But by no means did Nixon and Ford decrease spending. Now, we should also look at who's in control of Congress. So we're talking about the years where the Democrats had both houses of Congress exclusively throughout both of those administrations. So for JFK, LBJ, and also for Nixon, Ford, the Democrats have both the House and the Senate for all of those years. But let's not forget that the president can veto any spending he wants. And when you actually go and look at the budgets of any of these presidents, including Republican presidents, you'll find that what they 
proposed to Congress and what Congress eventually passes is not very different. A lot of times they'll make a big deal about some budget line item and talk about it like it's a lot of money. And then you go and find that's, you know, it's less than 1% of the budget that they're squabbling over. So generally the presidents get what they want in spending. Again, sometimes, you know, if it's a Republican president, they want to cut $3 billion somewhere here or there, then the Democrats will insist they spend in some other area. But for the most part, presidents get what they want. So Nixon and Ford together more than double federal spending with a Democratic Congress. And then in comes Jimmy Carter. And that trend pretty much continues. Throughout the Carter years, the Democrats have control of both the House and the Senate, and spending goes up $219 billion in Carter's four years, an increase of 58% over the last year of the Ford administration. And of course, since Carter only got four years in office, this is pretty much in line with just over doubling spending had he been there for eight years and the trends continued. So we have one, two, three straight administrations, again, combining JFK and LBJ and uh, Nixon and Ford, that pretty much double spending or go at a pace where spending doubles every eight years. So here comes the Reagan administration And he takes over in 1981. So let's look at 1980 spending. The last year of the Carter administration, spending was $590 billion. And the last year of the Reagan administration, spending was $1 trillion. So he increased spending by $473 billion over Carter. That's an increase of 80%, so not quite doubling. So I guess that would be an improvement over the previous administrations, but not exactly the small government he ran on, certainly not the return to federalism that he talked about in his first inaugural. So then, of course, he's succeeded by George H.W. Bush, and Bush only gets four years, but he manages to increase spending $317 billion in those four years for just under 30% increase over the last year of the Reagan administration. So again, doubling that, that's even better as far as the Reagan administration was concerned because he didn't increase it on an eight-year adjusted basis of 80%. It would have only been 60% at the pace Bush was increasing spending. I should say that during the Reagan administration, a lot of people make excuses for Reagan's spending saying, well, he had a Democratic Congress. Well, not so. For six of his eight years, he had a Republican Senate. So certainly the Republican Senate had to approve any spending proposed by the Democrats. And again, Reagan can veto any spending he likes. They like to play the victim like, oh, the government's going to shut down if I don't approve this, even though I don't want to spend this much money. Well, veto it and let them override your veto at least. Let's take a short break for this important message. 
Friends, if you like to read books as much as I do, there comes a time when you realize you just won't ever find the time to read every book you're interested in. Well, I have great news. Blinkist offers the key ideas from nonfiction bestsellers in as little as 15 minutes. For most books and their extensive library, you can choose to read or listen to Blinks, which summarize the main ideas and allow you to absorb whole books in the time it takes to run your daily errands or commute to work. Not only does Blinkist allow you to glean the information you need from books you don't have time to read, it helps you to decide which ones to spend time reading and get more details. You can try out Blinkist for free and get 20% off your first year by going to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. That's TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Blinkist. Start your free trial and get 20% off today. And now let's get back to the show. But again, when you look at the budgets that Reagan proposed, what was passed by Congress was not substantially different. All right, and then we get the Clinton years. And here's where the surprises start to come in. Now, Clinton comes into office after Bush, and Bush's last year, 1992, the government was spending just under $1.4 trillion. And eight years later, at the end of the Clinton administration, it's spending just under $1.8 trillion. So during those eight years Clinton was in office, spending went up $400 billion total, or $50 billion a year. And that was a 29% increase for all eight years. So a dramatically slower increase in spending with Clinton. And let's take a look at who had Congress during those years. You remember the first two years of Clinton's presidency, the Democrats are in control up until 1995. They have both houses of Congress. But then starting in 1995, so after the 1994 midterm elections, the Republicans take both houses of Congress and they hold both houses throughout the rest of Clinton's presidency. So having a Democratic president and a Republican Congress resulted in the slowest rise in spending in the post-war era. So then we get George W. Bush, okay? He comes in in 2001. So let's look at that last year, as I said, 2000, the last year of the Clinton administration. Spending is 1.788, call it $1.8 trillion. And then we get George Bush and the Iraq and Afghanistan wars and spending that was going up even before those wars, by the way, dramatically. But by the time 2008 rolls around with the TARP bailout, you've got $2.9 trillion, just under $3 trillion in spending in 2008. So over the eight years of the Bush administration, spending increased by $1.2 trillion or 66.7%. 
more than twice as fast as it went up during the Clinton administration in percentage terms. And then, of course, you get Barack Obama coming in. And this is, you know, that last year, the TARP bailout was passed, but most of that money didn't get spent until 2009 when Obama was president. Because when you look at the increase from 2007 to 2008, you're only talking about a couple hundred billion dollars in increased spending. So it basically goes up from 2007 to 2008 about as fast as it had been going up for the entire Bush presidency. He signs that bailout, and then Obama signs his own bailout. So in 2009, you get this huge bump in spending from just under $3 trillion to $3.5 trillion during 2009. But then what happens? In 2010, spending actually goes down a little bit. And I don't mean baseline spending where the decrease is just in increases. I mean, it's $3.4 trillion in 2010. So it actually goes down from 2009 for the first time. I'm just looking fast here in, in a lot, a lot, a lot of years. Maybe the first time in the post-war period other than right after World War II. But in any case, it goes down. And let's look at who's got Congress. So when Obama comes in, the Democrats have both houses of Congress, and they have that for the first two years, and they pass Obamacare. But then the Republicans take the House in 2011, and they take the Senate in the 2014 elections and get into office in 2015. So for 2015 and 16, the Republicans have all of Congress. And for six of the eight years, they have the House uh, while Obama's president. Well, what's the overall results for Obama's presidency as far as spending goes? He comes in the last year of the Bush administration, just under $3 trillion. The last year of the Obama administration, $3.8 trillion. So over his eight years, spending goes up $870 billion, or 29.2% which is a slower increase even than Clinton's. Clinton was 29.5%. Obama raised spending about 29.2%, $108 billion per year. So spending increased at the slowest pace after Eisenhower during the Obama presidency. Probably a fact that surprises a lot of people. Well, what happens when Trump gets in? Trump comes in in 2017, and the Republicans take both houses of Congress. So he's got the House, he's got the Senate, and of course the White House. And as I said, Obama's last year spending was $3.8 trillion. Well, Trump's last year, it was $6.5 trillion. So it went up 70%, similar to whenever a Republican is in the White House, no matter who has Congress. 70% for Trump, 66.7% for Bush, two, George H.W., 80% for Reagan, okay? So a lot of people say, whoa, well, this coronavirus was, you know, this unprecedented spending. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Let me tell you something. There always seems to be a once-in-a-lifetime emergency when a Republican is in the White House where spending's got to explode. But let me even peel this back one uh, bit further. 
And let's just look at 2017 through 2019, the first three years of the Trump presidency, when we had the greatest economy ever, spending went up $594 billion. That's $198 billion per year. Now, remember, it averaged $108 billion over Obama's presidency. So it was going up almost twice as fast the first three years of the Trump presidency before we even had the COVID-19 fiasco and the disasters that followed that. So what you can conclude from all this is that if you measure the growth of the federal government in terms of how much money it spends, then number one, spending always goes up except on very rare occasions. And the only occasions any time in the last several decades where spending actually went down was during the Obama administration. And overall, spending increases at a dramatically slower rate when you have a Democratic president and a Republican Congress. When there is a Republican president, no matter who has Congress, spending goes up dramatically. When there's a Democratic president, if they have a Democratic Congress, they tend to pass new programs like Obamacare, which if you remember, the Clintons tried to pass something very similar to that in the early 1990s when they had a Democratic Congress. They failed. Obama did, but it didn't really raise spending that much. I'm not saying it didn't cost anything, but Obamacare is more of a distortion, a further distortion of the already hugely distorted healthcare market rather than a huge bump in federal spending. And during those first years when the Democrats had Congress under Obama, spending did go down in 2010 from 2009. Now, of course, again, we had this huge TARP bailout. And then if you remember, as soon as Obama got in there, they passed another big bailout. So that all contributed to the spending that occurred in 2009. And some of that spending didn't roll out for several years after, but a big bulk of it came in 2009. And then after that, spending went down. And generally, in those years when the Republicans had Congress, remember we had government shutdowns, we had the sequester These were all times when spending actually went down from one year to the next. And then Obama's last year, it went up considerably compared to the years before. But still, again, overall, Obama ends up increasing spending at the slowest rate of any president in my lifetime. So I guess that gives us something to look forward to for the fall. We better hope that the Republicans can get hold of Congress. Of course, I'd like to see the libertarians in control of Congress, but I'm realistic about that. And we should be in the sweet spot with a Democratic president and a Republican Congress who hates his guts. That has been the winning formula if you care about slowing the growth of government. So we'll leave it there for today, folks. Don't forget that I do have my Patreon up and running now. There is a page on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom called Support. You can click on that menu item and find your way to my Patreon page or just go to patreon.com slash Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. There are several different levels at which you can support what I'm doing here. 
I would suggest at least the middle level because that's where you get the member-only content. I'm going to be putting up another written piece probably today or tomorrow. There's already several there. And of course, my VIP members at the highest level get free access to my online courses. So again, that's patreon.com slash Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. I appreciate all the people who have already joined and thank you all for your support. And as always, if you like the music that you've heard on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can hear more at TomMullenSings.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you on Friday. The war of ideas has only just begun. Arm yourself with the knowledge you need by heading to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com and subscribing to our email list. And remember, every revolution starts in the minds of the people.